0: back to another episode of MTG Rants. I'm Tanner Grayson with a somewhat okay Ross Merriam, because the reason we haven't had a show in a little while is you almost died. Not literally, <laughs> but, but you felt like it.
1: Yes, I certainly uh, was not at my best for the last week or so um, and spent a lot of time in bed.
0: One of those, uh, it's coming out of both ends kind of days. That
1: did happen one night and it's, it was yeah. awkward. I was yeah. like, I'm not sure. I had to yeah. think very quickly. About yeah, yeah. how to contain it?
0: <laughs> Look, as gross this is about to be for everybody at home. It's like one of those ones. Like, I really hope your toilet is very close to your bathtub because it's like one <laughs> well, of the only ways you can you can you can uh, make sure both are okay mm-hmm. <laughs> or a sink. You know, you, well, you have the toilet right by the sink. Fortunately,
1: by that point, there wasn't that much left to come up. Sure. So sure, sure, one sure. end was much more important to contain than the other. Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this is gross. <laughs>
1: but it was it was not the end that was. Pointing towards the toilet at the time it's sure that both started, yeah. so I had to pull the old switcheroo.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about something not as gross. Uh, right before the show started, <laughs> we were doing the pre show, you and I were, uh, you and I were chit chatting about this, and somehow, it, like, not feeling well to see the doctor or whatever, like, house came up, and we started talking about like television in general. And I was about to tell you, uh, one of my favorite ways to watch TV besides like, because I am, um, what's the right way to put this? I'm a television movie connoisseur, like. I don't always watch as much artsy stuff like you're more artsy than i am you know i don't always watch like what wins the oscar for best film and like you know that kind of stuff but you know i like action i like drama like all that stuff i see pretty much every pop cultural thing that comes out in almost every television show because i have a lot of free time and i work a lot on my computer i have multiple monitors so i'll just have something up right yeah While i don't need to you know fully you know focus and stuff but I'm the kind of person, if I really like something, I rewatch it a lot. We were talking about House, and I've probably seen the show two or three times, and how you can, like, skip over a bunch of it. And not just, like, skip out. Like, I never, almost never skip an entire episode. I will skip, skip parts of it, like the formulaic part, to get to the good stuff, right? I mean, the stuff that yeah. doesn't matter. When they're, like, yeah. If, doing if a you haven't seen House, like, yeah.
1: every episode is a medical mystery. I, yeah. it, it sort of blends the police procedural with a medical drama, because, you know, House is this famous diagnostician.
0: Know, yeah, like, his job doesn't visit. actually exist, by the yeah, way. Yeah, which yeah, which is not a real thing. Uh, every doctor, he, every doctor does this. Yeah, yeah. But he's um, supposed to be. Uh, they they literally wanted to make. Sorry to interrupt you. They they wanted yeah. a medical drama mixed with Sherlock Holmes. That's why there's a yeah, bunch exactly. of Sherlock Holmes references in the show. Yeah, yeah. He, he lives at two
1: two one B, his apartment uh, number. His and his yeah. his partner is Wilson. Yeah, his partner is Wilson, and then he of um, Watson.
0: Yeah, and then he has he has a case that's been bothering him for like ten or fifteen years that he hasn't figured out, and her right. name is Irene Adler. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you know what I mean. Like sure. a th- there's,
1: there's I no mean, Moriarty. he's though, he's, like, he's a ma- he's a massive drug addict. Yes,
0: you know, massive. <laughs> yeah, if,
1: if you don't know the Sherlock Holmes did a lot of cocaine in the books.
0: Yeah, <laughs> very high functioning uh, drug addict. Yeah. but well, it, about, in yeah. the 1890s, like you that know, was you could get cocaine
1: over the counter. It was it was yeah. viewed as like a medical, like a, yeah. a Well, um,
0: most of our stuff started that way. Most of our illicit, illicit drugs, yeah.
1: came but you yeah. know came from that. So, and then they they all got banned for racist reasons.
0: <laughs> well we, we, we can get into that later we don't need to <laughs> it's, it's super delve into that but yeah and i was joking with you because we're talking about like this has some uh, like house has some of the best television episodes of tv ever made we were talking about it's uh three specific episodes have like i think they're all like 9.8 or something like that or 9.7 on imdb which if you know the rating system in on there anything above a seven is great anything above a nine is like goaded and it's like three stories wilson's head wilson's heart it's so it's like they're not all. I mean, and they're sprinkled in, right? You know, like through the show. And I was telling you, I was like, since we mentioned this, like, I'm probably gonna go watch what, at least one of those tonight. Probably like the three stories uh, episode. Yeah. Anyone who's seen the show, you know exactly from what I'm talking about, it's where you find out about House, you know, the main character. And I just like I be I do that randomly. Like if I'm like, man, I have like an hour or two. I'm like in bed. And I don't want to go to sleep, or I'm like early, and I'll just be like, it's kind of like the comfort thing. You know, people that watch the same show over, like, I got friends that have, uh, I know people who've watched Friends, like, five times, or, you know, your favorite sitcom a bunch, you know, and, like, I'll go back and watch, the, like, the really good episodes of stuff, and it just, like, it just hits right, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I miss that.
1: It's it's a familiarity, you know? Yeah, It's, co- yeah. it's, co- it's like comfort food.
0: I, I, I was just about to say that, it's like your favorite meal on, like, a, a, a yeah. stormy night, because, I was going to say, today's like the perfect day for this. It's been raining for like two days straight here. Uh, But anyway, let's do this for everybody. It's about 4 p.m. So 5 p.m. your time, Friday, January 26th. Uh, It's been raining like crazy in Texas and Louisiana the last couple days. So like it stopped raining for like an hour a day. So I ran out and did some errands, went to the gym, uh, come back home and like, I'm probably going to play video games and watch TV tonight. And that just sounds awesome. I make it a pizza. I don't know. I haven't had a cheat meal in a (laughs) while. So, you know, might live it up tonight, Ross. Oh, really? Having a having a great time if, over there. If I come across as really hyper on the show, I did take pre workout before my workout today, so I probably still have some in my system. And I'm like, I feel like running through a wall right now, Ross. I'm telling <laughs> you, because <laughs> you know I don't drink a lot of caffeine. You know, you've been yeah. around me quite a bit. So when I take like that many milligrams of caffeine at one time, who oh boy! And uh, you don't have any phone books around to tear in half. Yeah, because I could definitely do that. Yeah,
1: we really, we really the... lost that with the
0: real, real quick. Who has a phone book anymore? Uh, yeah, I, if you're under I the age would of 60, guess my parents have one. Uh, if you're under the age of sixty, I would put it like maybe, yes. maybe you have a chance of having one. I, I have seen one in forever. Yeah, I can't remember the last one I, I've seen. They used to Probably... just deliver them to your house. Remember, as your kid, you go out oh, yeah. and in a little bag. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. For, I, for I... everybody at home, it doesn't know Pepper's we're talking fall, about. remembers for all the younger folks that are listening to this and don't know what we're talking about, when Ross and I were younger, there was this thing that they would deliver your house called a phone book. Now, what it is, is it's a large thing of paper where they would write the numbers on there, and it would have literally millions of phone numbers in it alphabetically, so you could find the number of the the person or place you were trying to find. How crazy is this? It literally had all of the people's names in there. And addresses. And addresses. It was wild. So, now you, you could pay them to not list you. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if you have a really simple name, right? What's like, what's a common white name like John Smith, right? Like, yeah. you would go on the the white pages because there are yellow pages and white pages. White pages were like individuals. Yellow pages were businesses. You go in the white pages. And blue pages are government listings. True. I don't. I didn't remember that. But you go to like John Smith, and there would be like seventeen different ones. So you'd have to call all of them to figure out <laughs> which one is the John Smith. Your page is like. Are you the John Smith that did this on that day? They're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not me. You're like, okay, like I remember doing that. Yeah, but it was with someone whose last name was Schultz, and there were like twelve of them. Yeah, this is when we all had phones in our houses, like yeah. stuck to the wall. Like we didn't just carry them around in our pocket. In fact, most of us didn't have phones in our pocket at the time. How old are you when you got your first cell phone? I was seventeen. It was the week before I went to mm-hmm. college. I think I was. I think I was sixteen. Which. I might have been, I might have been 15 or 16, but that means it was, I got one later than you, technically? No. No, because I got one when I was in high school, right? I got one towards the end of high school, and texting wasn't a thing yet. But we had, like, the walkie-talkie phones at one point, too. I'm trying to think of the stuff I had before had an iPhone, because I had, like, three different, I had, like, the brick. yeah, I had the Nokia brick, brick
1: for a couple of years, and then had I had a, cha- a, had a sliding once phone. A I loved that phone.
0: Yeah, you had to charge the thing once a week. The sliding phones were cool, like the Matrix. The thing is, yeah. like after the, like the two or three hundred slide on it, they start to like get shitty and like wouldn't work as well, or they break too often. So that's why they stopped doing that. And then, the sending the flip phones. The flip phones eventually start to wear down too.
1: Yeah, like the hinge would break. So I like the yeah. slide
0: a lot better than the hinge. And yeah, then the flip.
1: Nice, nice. Any okay. other
0: uh, walks down memory lane before we get into the, the <laughs> spoiler? What of... other
1: old technology can we talk
0: about? Yeah. Remember card catalogs at libraries? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the Dewey Decimal System? They probably don't <laughs> teach in school anymore? Said, yeah. Oh, what about this? Uh, people in my family, I was the first one not to have a beeper. <laughs> All the other males in my family had beepers. Look that I'm one r- up, kids. If you don't know what a beeper is, look it up. It's wild. They, they They are still technically used today. Some uh, medical professionals, since we talked about house, some medical professionals still use beepers and stuff, but... Remember cursive writing? Yeah. I I haven't used that in at least 20 years. Yeah. Besides signing my name, even when we were learning cursive, I still like to use print. Like, when I I took notes in college on paper, because back then we used to have pen and paper, I would, uh... I've heard a lot of colleges don't allow laptops in their... Some professors don't allow laptops in their uh, classes anymore, because kids aren't actually taking notes on them anymore, but whatever. I know I would go to class and just play poker on my computer, like, while I was yeah. in class. Oh, yeah. I'm sure professors like like will try to do that, but mm. it's a difficult thing to do.
1: It's also like, you know, you have to make accommodations for, you know, students with a particular needs, so... Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's plenty of stuffy professors that are just like, I wish this was 1978 mm. and I could hit you with a ruler.
0: Or you had the projector that you had to roll into the class on the, on the thing, and you had to, like, put oh, the yeah. the translucent piece of uh i don't even know what they uh, what they were on that translucent yeah, piece of
1: projector paper it's, it's not Is plastic it it's like yeah. it's like
0: it's like it's almost like laminate it might yeah. have been
1: laminate They you just write on with the dry erase marker
0: yeah or they would have it you could you could get the ones that like printed on it you could get like pictures and stuff done on it yeah. whatever, whatever let's 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 quit going down memory lane let's go ahead and get <laughs> to the spoiler in a second because hashtag coming we're up. old Look, baseball season's coming up, and they're going to listen to a lot of this before the before the episodes very soon. Like we're well, Pitchers and catcher report very quickly, like in the next couple yes. weeks. So, but so if you want to follow along with Ross and I while we're doing this, which uh, Ross, have you looked at the spoiler a lot, I know some of the cards. I haven't looked at all of them. I've I've looked through. Sure, I would guess most, if not all. I've, I've probably yeah, seen I all of them. Mostly, it's the commons and uncommons. I haven't looked at all of them. I've seen a few of them. We're going to be using Scryfall because we're going to be going by uh, color. This time. So on this episode, we're planning on doing white, blue, and uh what was the other one? Black? Black, yeah. Yeah, it's white, Wooberg. blue, and black. Tannin. That's the that's, that's okay. Okay, Ross. Stop. Um Stop. It's it's Warburg. Not. I hate you so much. But it's this for everybody at home. We're gonna try to cover those three sections today. If we have a little time, we'll add some more and then we'll do the rest of it in the next episode. Where hopefully we get started before fifteen minutes in or fourteen minutes in, as we are here. But let's go ahead and start with the the white cards, and we're going to try to get you most of the rares in Mythics, probably, and then some of the comments that come we feel like there's a chance. There's yeah. there. So, did you want to start with Assemble the Players? So this is a card that some people have been talking a little bit about. I saw some yeah. uh, hype about this on Twitter. So no, this at home. is a, this is a very interesting one. Yeah, this one's interesting. So, at home, one in a white, Assemble the Players, Enchantment. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. Once each turn, you may cast a creature spell with two power or less from the top of your library has two power or less so it can be any converted mana cost so you can cast a mold drifter and you can cast a one drop right um depending on how your deck's built you can get a lot out of this but it does say ross once per turn yes so it that says is each it- turn too so you can do this during your opponent's turn if you have flash or whatever so yeah which is pretty cool so maybe that's a way to really make the card significantly better uh what's it called uh the the fairy that everybody plays the two drop that has flash fairy mastermind yeah there's there's a couple there's a couple different things in standard right now that are that allow this to kind of you can make maybe make a blue white flash deck and really get some Hit. some out of this so you know it's a, it's a play on that sort of experimental frenzy type of card uh you know
1: doesn't have that explosive potential yeah. but is significantly cheaper and the good news with that the making it cheaper makes it a lot easier to deploy it and immediately be able to play a spell off. Of sure, it. so that immediate impact is, is quite helpful. Obviously, white is going to cr- have a lot of decks with a ton of creatures with power two or less, so okay. no, uh, you know, problem fitting it in. Uh, it's just a question of how much the once per turn clause hinders its effectiveness. You know. Uh, that's been the primary benefit of these kinds of cards is that they eventually, you know, you hit a turn where you play three or four cards off of it. And that is a huge amount of card advantage going along. So it allows decks that normally don't have that inevitability in the late game to sort of steal it, uh, in, you know, mid-range matchups that are very common in standard. Um, this one, like, I I don't know where it fits in standard. There's no, like, there is like blue white soldiers, I guess, but that's kind of a tier two deck. So th- that's what I was going to ask you. This feels like it might be a sideboard-ish card to me. Oh, it's definitely magic. a sideboard card. Yeah. It's just a question of like for what? I- I'd be somewhat interested in it in humans and Pioneer, but is it better than Wedding Announcement? That's the Probably kind of not. slot it's fighting yeah. for. Um, but it- it's a cool one. I like playing with that design space um, okay. because I like these kinds of cards. Um, it has. We have gotten to a point right. sort of where these sort of effects aren't as powerful because the mid-range and control decks have such strong late games. Like, is this card advantage going to be enough for your aggro deck to overpower the domain deck going long? Yeah. So, it, even if you draw two or three extra yeah. cards off of this, they they cast herd migration, and that's like a 5 yeah, point. Yeah, like you're dead. Yeah. Like, they, did a sun, they keep sunfalling you. Yeah. Or, and then, you know, Farewell obviously exists... And that could just sweep this up as well. So these kinds of cards have got, have they've sort of become a meme. I know Aspiring Spike likes to talk about how everybody like sticks you know clunky cards in their sideboard for the grindy matchups. Yeah, yeah, for the it, grindy matchup. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. This this card might fall into that. Ilf, it definitely does. Yeah, it, it's
0: it's interesting. So uh, a few things um, with this, I would want it. I would want to have at least some um, ways in my deck to clear the top card of my. Of my library so like i'd want to have some of my creatures make map tokens or make ways to make map tokens in my deck and the fact that if you have this out in a game that's going to go longer and you brick for like three turns in a row you're going to die because like you just spent so much time and effort into this card and then not getting any value off of it is really really bad also if you have two of these out you can you can do it twice in a turn right you'd be like this is my once per turn of this one this is my once per turn of this one yeah yes Just making sure that they, they stack correctly. Uh I yeah. don't know if there's like a weird layering thing with this or whatever, but And, and so that's that, nice too. So they'll like you yeah. get some benefit off of drawing multiples. Sure. All right. Next we got a cool mythic. Or you were dumb that one? Yeah, I, I think it is. Okay. Next we got a cool mythic. It's a really is a Vindicator. Two white white for an angel. It's a four two with flying life leak War two. And this is our first card with disguise, by the way. Bleh. I I do not like Morph in yes. uh Unlimited, so not like, a fan. I don't, I don't mind morph, but look, not a fan, not a just, fan at all. Wh- why did we have to do slightly different morph? Because of the clue, it's it's because of the clue set. I'm pretty positive they literally did this because this one has like that murder mystery type feel to it, which is cool. I like the flavor, but anyway. So disguise for everybody who doesn't know, it's just like morph. You're gonna play this face down for three, and you're gonna be able to unmorph it. I'm using quotations here, undisguise it. By paying its cost, which I'm going to tell you what it is in just a second, by paying its cost, this one's slightly different though. They have Ward Two in the set to make them playable because removal is just like so cheap and good now and prevalent that if you played this in constructed, I would laugh at you, like you know, oh, they a shock it or whatever, right? Yeah. So, Flying Lifelink Ward Two when it's face up, when it's face down, it still is Ward Two. It's disguised as X three white. Okay, so that's going to be anything three white. When this is turned face up, exile up to X other target creatures from the battlefield and/or creature cards from the graveyard. When this leaves the battlefield return the exiled cards to their owner's hand. So this is a play on um, Angel of Serenity. Yes, is that the name of it. Yeah, Angel of Serenity from way back oh, in the day. RTR. Yeah. So on rate, this card is pretty good, Ross. It is a four mana flying lifelink war two for four uh, for four two for four, which is pretty good. You can play it on turn three. Turn it up on face turn four for three white like, late game this can get a lot of value for you or force it through a lethal attack
1: yeah and i like i like i'm gonna keep calling it morph but i like disguise you know creatures <laughs> that have some tension to it Like you know aurelia's vindicator you can just play on turn four is a very aggressive costed threat four power flyer you know difficult to answer lifelink is going to win a lot of races so you know, that's tempting to always just jam it, but then you're also tempted to try to disguise it on three and then, you know, wait and get some value out of it. So you, you can sort of play both games with the card. I like that versatility. Um, I don't like expensive creatures with low toughness. They yeah, tend to not play same. good defense. The lifelink helps. And obviously when you, you know, morph it up or turn it face up with disguise, you end up generating a pretty big tempo swing if you want to. Um, so that should be somewhat mitigated. And then the... Um, I do like that four two puts it out of the range of cutdown down, because you know, losing it for five, three mana yeah. would be t- yeah. would uh, be you know just unpalatable. And cut down is so ubiquitous at this point uh, in standard, so I could definitely see this seeing play, um, but it's not. It doesn't scream to me as like a, a, it's a slam dunk. Yeah, it's not a slam yeah. dunk. All right, what's the uh, next card you want before to, get we, to you? before we move on? Can we just use this opportunity to talk a little bit about? Disguise as a mechanic relative to morph. Like, what do you think the, the war? Because the war two on the face down creature does change it somewhat.
0: Okay, so it makes it better, obviously, right? Yeah. Like you get blown out less, which I think is very good for limited because the worst feeling in the world, or just construct the worst feeling in the world, is like you pay three mana, put this thing face down, and your opponent just like shocking. Yeah. Like, you remember, like if you were around during the time when morph first came up, shock was a slam dunk first pick because of the fact that it could just kill a morph. Adding War 2 makes these a little more... It, it ensures the fact that you're probably going to get some value out of your card. Especially the way they're costed. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of these are costed where... You go from 3 to... You can do this almost immediately. The turn after. It's not a lot like cons. Where like you might play them on turn 3. And then you're going to morph them on like turn 7. Or whatever. And... The thing is... I don't like the ability overall. Because of how much of... Um, even though you want to see it in the set. Like, I have PTSD from back in the day. You know, your opponent would attack, attack you with 2 morphs. They'd have 5 mana up of like red and black. And you'd be like... Well i'm i can't win because it's one of these two and if i block and i'm wrong i lose but if i let it if i let it hit me and i block in it and i'm wrong then i lose so you get like the the gamblers uh <laughs> you know problem there and so not a big fan of it uh i did i would i i don't know if you know this for the the rules clarification does activating disguise use the stack no so it's just like morph. You, it's you just can't like morph. It. It, is okay. a,
1: it is a special action. So, yeah, It's really literally home, just like it is, yeah. it is.
0: this mechanic is
1: exactly morph, but except for yeah, it, the face down creature has war two. Yeah.
0: So for like, home,
1: it, it's just it's it feels like megamorph to me, where you are just like, well, this is just morph, sure. but you've changed Plus. it slightly so you can give it a different name that is yeah. more thematic with yeah. the set that you are releasing, which I just find annoying because now I have to remember like which one is which. Yeah. And it just adds almost unnecessary complexity to me for the sake of like the tiniest bit of flavor.
0: So, for everybody at home, what should I say is uh, the way Morph works or Disguise works is they have a creature face down. If they pay a cost and turn it face up, you cannot respond to that in a way that, like, you, yes, like if a trigger is in the stag, you can now respond to it, but you can't, like, let's say it's a face down card, right? And it has Ward 2 and it's a 2 2. And they turn it up, and it's a three-three. You can't shock it in response, whatever, because it is now the three-three. That it, it just is that. Once the cost has been paid, and they're like, "Hey, I'm doing this." It just happens.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's, um, I mean, it, I I think it morph ends up getting you to do, do some interesting things. It gives you things to do with your mana late, um, which I like. Um, and uh, obviously disguise pushes you. Towards that end game, where you get to, you know, trans or turn your disguised creatures face up, because they're just not going to die as often. Now, my question is, does that mean we're going to have a million limited games that start with turn three face down creature, opponent has the same, and then you just attack and trade, and your disguised creatures just trade on turn four, like? of the games that you play in this in this limited format that's my worry because um you know players are obviously going to like play their least powerful face down creatures early uh and you're you know you're not you're if you're on the play you can't just like not attack and if you're on the draw you can't just like not block Uh, i i feel like it might homogenize uh you know the the play patterns of the limited format and I'm worried about that.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Not a fan of that. That's another reason I find those formats boring as well, because of that very reason. All right, so we're a little behind schedule. Let's try to pick this up just a tiny bit. Uh, yeah. Would you want to look at next? Because there are so a lot of comments.
1: in like, a So I like Case of the Gateway Express, and that also sure. introduces one of the other mechanics of the set.
0: Yay. The, this, this one is type. so... God, the wording on this is so bad.
1: Yeah, it I, is I I very clunky. Like it.
0: Yeah. It, it. So Cases are a subtype
1: of enchantment. Um, they all have, and, and, you know, they almost all have either like a static ability or an enters the battlefield ability. And then there is a condition for that is the solve condition. And if you meet that condition, then the case becomes solved at the beginning of your next end step, whenever the that condition is met. And then once it is solved, there is some other ability that is now granted to the case um, you know, to get you some extra value. So, for Case of the Gateway Express, when this case enters the battlefield, choose target creature you don't control. Each creature you control deals one damage to that creature. So, a decent removal spell for a white aggressive deck. I like that. And then, to solve, three or more creatures attack this turn. Now, presumably, you're playing a bunch of creatures in this, you know, deck, so you can solve it. And then, once solved, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero. Pretty cool. You've got now got a removal spell and a half Anthem effect stapled to one card at a relatively low cost. Two mana. Seems pretty cool to me. I think there's going to be a lot of cases where you can go, like, you know, consider Pioneer Humans again. That's my canonical example of a white aggressive deck. You know, th- when you have your triple one drop starts, you know, th- they play their creature, on t- they play their Blood Tithe Harvester. And you go, case of the gateway express, kill your Harvester, attack with my three creatures, <laughs> case is solved, pump my team.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you won't get the effect until the next attack step. because yeah. it happens to the end of your so It's a little slow, and they yeah, be there's so, like, use the lag of the solve is an issue with with yeah. these cards. But I can definitely see this card getting played for sure. Like this is one of the ones that the way it's naturally going to play out is going to be pretty good because yeah. like I also like that it only costs two mana as well. So like you could fit it into your turn three, four, five pretty well with like doing something else with your mana as well. So like you know you're using the first couple turns to get the creatures out that you need to solve the case. You know, if you don't have to just jam this on, like, two to kill something or whatever, you know. But, yeah. Even doing that on turn, like, if you
1: have one drop and then you use this on turn two to kill their elf, Uh that's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, especially if you have creature lands as well. In your deck, you have, like, mutable, You can kind of, like, turn this on a lot faster that way as well. So, definitely, like, they're clunky. They're ham-fisted. I hate the way they're worded because the first time I read this, I thought that it's auto-solved at the end of turn because of the way it's the I was reminder about the text person, says if way.
1: unsolved solve at the beginning of yeah. your end step yeah it's, it's uh, okay. but you have to meet the condition been, like so, I
0: figured that you know what I mean but it's it's so yeah.
1: clunky so like, so basically just like checks like it's not a trigger but it like checks at your end step and it goes okay sure. this gets solved uh, yeah it, it's not that intuitive from the way they're presented it's also like awkward to track I guess like yeah, you have, have to put, put like a, a die on it or count, something you
0: know, like a, I'm sure there's gonna be okay you remember the other sets where they had like the little card that was supposed to be the token card, but it had like you could punch out like gears and like plus one plus one counters and stuff? Yeah. I'm assuming there's going to be something that it just has like a little bar that says solved or whatever. So you just put it over like, you know, like case solve, like the, you know, the stamp. Yeah. You know, it's going to look like that. It'll be like the red box with the word solved or something or whatever. It's going to be something along, I yeah, assume yeah, a little, it's something a along the Punch those out. That, yeah. that
1: will be helpful. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, as far as this card goes, though, like uh, like you said, I love how sort of self-contained and internally mm-hmm. synergistic it is. Because all the elements play well in these creature-heavy uh, aggressive decks, go wide aggro decks. Right. Also, in those decks, you are hurting for space for non-creature cards, right? You, like you're playing, you know, thirty plus creatures usually in those kinds of decks, and so to get your removal, your interaction, and your anthem effect stapled into one, yeah. Is a, Really great way to save deck space and get all the effects that you need to make your deck as powerful as possible or as powerful as you need it to be, uh, you know, while also meeting the constraints of you, the way those decks are built. So, yeah, I, I like this card really, quite a bit.
0: I think it's a really important thing that doesn't get talked about enough is deck space or like sideboard space. Yes, like you can remember how happy I was when they printed a braid that he gave me one extra sideboard slot in legacy, you know, because of the fact that you have one card taking up two slots now. So, I love that. Uh, the <laughs> next one, do you want to talk about the mythic human legendary creature? Uh, before that, there's a, there's the rare white case, case of the uneaten feast, which is gotten, oh that is a rare, isn't
1: it? Okay, yeah. sure. It, this one's gotten a little press too because it plays nicely with the Amalia combo deck.
0: Okay, sure. So let me read this to everybody at home. Uh, I didn't notice this is a rare. Okay, so it's one mana. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Uh, to solve, you gain five more life this turn. And when it's solved, you can sacrifice this case. Creature cards in your graveyard gain you may cast this card from your graveyard until end of turn um so when it's solved do you have to sacrifice it immediately or does it give it this ability that no it gives it gives that ability okay you so that means sacrifice case
1: colon so yeah. that's an activated ability when you whenever you see a colon that's an activated ability to everything to the left of the colon is your cost everything to the right of the colon is your effect
0: yeah so that that makes this a lot better in the fact that yeah it gives you redundancy for the late game when once they've Because the best thing against Amalia is to just interact with them in some way of, like, you kill three or four creatures and you could probably find a way to win the game in the amount of time because you break up their... It's not clunky, but you break up their stuff just enough. And then this card is one that not only plays well with Amalia because of the life gain triggers, but can kind of add that redundancy and recoup from this spot.
1: Yeah. Now, the downside here is... You don't really gain five or more life in any turn where you did not killing them co- yeah. combo. Yeah, so I don't think this card really helps you set up the combo, but it is a combo piece in and of itself. You know, just having that that first uh, triggered ability, uh, you know, makes it the combo piece that starts the chain reaction for Amalia and Wild Growth Walker. So I don't know like which of those two factors wins out you know on the one hand you have a you know, it's a combo piece with some extra on top of it that's really nice on uh, the other the extra on top of it doesn't function the way you'd want it to you would want to be able to use the sort of yawgwell part of the of the, the card to be able to recover from opposing removal and set up the combo uh now it can help you like you know i guess combo multiple times if the, if they find a way to stop you but um I, I, I so i'm not i don't think this card's a slam dunk but it's it's another one on my interesting list and it is a very obvious home to try it in.
0: Alright, next we have the Streetwise Lookout. It's two and a white for a two-two legendary creature human scout. Uh, creatures you control power two or less can't be blocked by creatures of power three or greater. And then if an ability of a creature you control power two or less triggers, that ability triggers an extra time. So this was getting a little bit of press, the fact that like you can do a bunch of cool stuff, your creatures are unblockable. It also can pair pretty well with Simple to Players. I think it's the name of it. Yeah, Simple to Players. A card that we talked about a little bit earlier. Also, everyone loves a good Panharmonicon effect. So like <laughs> I see this being a big time commander card. I am worried about the fragility of this card when it comes to shark Yeah. A
1: I am uh So I think it's pretty hard to try to you know play this on turn three and then untap with it and do yeah. stuff. So I wouldn't look to it. in decks like you know, again, you know, humans and in Pioneer, model white humans that is. But if you're playing it alongside things like Collected Company, oh, then maybe you got something Ooh. like if you collect a company into this and Reflector Mage, and immediately bounce two of their cr- that's a creatures, combo. and you do that on their end step, and then you untap because you did it on their end step, and then uh, play more stuff. That is a huge swing.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a combo. So
1: I I'm I would look for this card in decks with a Collected Company in it. <laughs> That's where I'm trying it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, <laughs> next one, the sweet one that uh, I like a little bit. These are cards that uh they always stand out to me because these always find a home somewhere. This is another hate bear type card. We got Doorkeeper Thrall. One in a white for a 1-2 Flying Flash uh, creature. It says Artifacts and creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. Now, it's only artifacts and creatures, but this is a 1-2 with Flash. Now, I am worried about the fact that it it's symmetrical. It stops yours and theirs. So specific decks might not want this as their hate piece, but I can see other ones where, like, they might not have creature removal, you know, in against you, and you can kind of catch them with this card being really good. Yeah. I've, I've got to say, Tannen, I despise hate bears that aren't so,
1: symmetrical. It's sure. just, it's just it's really not, annoying to me. It's not
0: fa- yeah, it's not fair a lot of yeah, times. It's yeah, it's like,
1: come on, man. Uh, yeah. you, and... think they discri-
0: you think they would discriminate? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: They are they are haters. They, that's yeah. that that is it's, it's a flavor fail for haters. That's sure. what it is. Sure, you know you are not representing the haters fairly and according to their chosen ideology. And I don't like it. So, uh, but I do like this card because Flash is a really big deal for this kind of effect. It means you can wait until they're you know playing their solitude, playing their whatever, and immediately stop the the ETB, yeah, even stopping the ETB on uh, on the one ring. It is. You know. Um. So, uh, wondering is an etv right? It's not a cast trigger. I, feel, I don't my, know. My brain is like. I feel like it's an in, in,
0: into the battlefield ability, but it looks like Ross is going to look I, this. I up. don't really.
1: How do I not know this? I yeah. Oh, that's that's why my brain is confused because it's it's an etv, but you have to have cast it, so you can't blink okay. it again. Yeah. Oh, it's a, that's when why. it
0: enters the battlefield if it was cast. So yeah, it's a exactly. little bit of Both. Sure. Yeah, for, it's, sure.
1: it's the with the claws.
0: Which I think uh, is a good, I think that's a great clause. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah, that one's fine. But, so Flash, I think, you know, there's a lot of examples of this kind of hate bear, getting back to Doorkeeper thrall. Um This one I think might be the best yet. Because flying also means that you can legitimately attack with it. You know, even if you're getting in only a couple points of damage, you know, that matters. So, um, yeah, I expect this to be, you know, whenever you need that effect, this will be one of the, the premier options.
0: What was the next one on the list for you? Was it just um, the, the, the next rare? Yeah, none of these other comms and uncommons yes, really yeah. uh, speak to me. Like, I can randomly see Make Your Move showing up as a one of it, like a sideboard somewhere, because it's like it costs one more mana, but it's a little more flexible than Destroy Evil, but like whatever. You know, Destroy Evil might just be better, you know, being two mana. But oh, the next yeah, one this if, is. This if is the a... artifacts you
1: need to answer in standard. Sure. You can you, you sure. play it. Oh, yeah, this we, is... we do have to talk. Oh, no, we do have, we have a rare before that. Uh, yeah. We have no, no, no witnesses. witnesses?
0: Yeah. So this is yeah. an interesting one. I think this one's going to see some play, possibly. Two white white sorcery. Each player controls the most creature investigates, then destroy all creatures. So this is Wrath of God, four mana sweeper. He yeah. destroys all the creatures, and then your opponent will probably get a clue token. For a four mana Wrath, I'm usually willing to let them have a clue token.
1: Yeah, the the extra mana matters. I think a lot more than giving your opponent a clue. Uh, you know, these days, back in you know, t- two thousand four that that might not have been true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe more like 2010. Because um, the creatures just weren't good enough. So, uh, but the, these days, you know, you got to get to your wrath quickly and, uh, you know, you got to just answer your opponent's waves of threats. But your late game should be strong enough to overcome the, the additional card that you give them. So, yeah, I think this is an incredibly powerful sweeper and I'm kind of mad that it exists. As a person that is about ninety ten on one side of sweepers getting cast uh, I imagine I will be the one
0: getting a clue <laughs> I'm going to get yeah. a lot of clues from this card sure I'll be giving a lot of clues of this card alright what this did you sh- want to talk about next on this one obviously novice inspector oh of course of course serve yeah at home. One the, of the best white... card in the set yeah one of the white <laughs> I'm sorry one white for a creature human detective one two when it enters the battlefield investigate so we now get to play eight three-minute inspectors yeah and I don't know how many
1: um, the the Boris Convoke deck and Pioneer will want to play. I imagine it is more than four. Well, yeah, um, I don't know if it's eight. We'll figure that out. So the card will easily slot there. You know, this is just a you know Threban Inspector has always just been a pretty good Magic card. Uh, it's gotten a little yeah. powered out in Pioneer, but hopefully it can, it can find some uh, find a place in yeah. Standard because it is one I of my favorite cards ever yeah. printed.
0: I think it might. Uh, the the floor is just so good. Plus, uh, there's a chance it ends up in like the blue white deck that we've been seeing with uh, like or bank, even like an Esperish type deck because it can crew the uh, schooner. Yeah, it, it, yeah yeah subterranean schooner, schooner yeah schooner having crew one makes the base of what your creatures need to be able to do very low
1: yeah. novice inspector schooner it's the new Thraven inspector copter
0: yeah plus if you're playing the you know uh, whatever the players or any of these cards that double the the triggers or whatever like you know some of the rares that we were talking about earlier. This is a card that fits very well with both of those. Yeah. Did you wanna did you want to cover all the rares in the white? There's three left. Yeah. Okay. These are cool ones. I'm gonna go through these really quick. Uh tenth district hero, one in a white, two, three human, one in a white, collect evidence two. Uh this becomes a four four uh human detective, you know, with that gains vigilance. And then two in a white, collect evidence four. Uh if it is a detective, so this this is like leveling. The second one makes yeah. it a detective. It's like it's figure like, destiny. Yeah, it's like Figure Destiny. It becomes a legendary creature named whatever. Uh, it becomes a 5-5. It gains other creatures you control have indestructible. So you can level this up pretty damn good. It becomes a 5-5 yeah. that makes your other stuff indestructible. Um, the, now, Collecting n- the n- evidence is going to be the hard part yeah. uh, if you want to explain to everybody what that is
1: at home too. So collect evidence is the other major mechanic of the set. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, ad- it's additional cost of spells or abilities, things like that. Uh, and you have to exile cards in your graveyard. With total mana value, whatever the number associated with that, that particular collect evidence ability is, or greater. So, you know, lands have a mana value of zero. So you're not exiling lands, you're exiling, you know, spells. Uh, but it is the total mana value of those spells. So with collect evidence two, either a two mana spell or two one mana spells will work. Um, you can exile more than that if you want to, if you're acting, you know, if you just happen to want to exile cards from your graveyard for whatever reason. Uh, so you have that option. Um, But, you know, Collect Evidence 2 and Collect Evidence 4 should be pretty easy to get to, especially because this will likely be played in an aggressive deck. Your opponent's going to have to interact with you early, so the creatures that they kill early then, you know, pump this one if this is your follow-up. So I see this as very much like a 4-drop. You know, you'll play it on 2 when you need to curve out, but most likely you're going to play your other creatures early the first 3 turns or so, and, like you know, they killed your 2-drop on turn 2, you play this on turn 4, and you collect evidence with the 2-drop that they killed. You've got a 4-4 four, four Vigilance. And once you get to the point where you can hold up that second ability, like, this becomes like a flag bearer. Like yeah. You have to kill that one, or you just give yourself indestructible in response. Yep. And you 5-5 know, five, five is pretty tough to kill. So uh, I do like this. It is a 2-3, so it does get cut down when you play it on turn 2. it um, It'd be nice to see creatures that don't get cut down, because cut down is so messed up. <laughs> but you know, we'll, here uh, we'll work with what we got. Also, congrats to 10th District Hero getting promoted from legionnaire
0: yeah exactly right i was gonna say yeah. what's the uh i was gonna ask about that anyway um one thing i'm looking forward to uh is anyone who can get value off collecting evidence like i think about like tide itself if you collect evidence of like you know an yeah. sorcery, it pumps it or there's some things that trigger like if creatures leave your graveyard yeah, you can like a make a more of that in, in this set yeah in particular so, so. i love i love seeing that that if you can get if you can get value for collecting evidence i'm i'm in all right, next we have Unyielding Gatekeeper, one in a white for a 3-2 Elephant Cleric. It's got Disguise, so it's one in a white for the Disguise. When it's turned face-up, exile another target, non-land, permanent. If you controlled it, return it to the battlefield tapped. Otherwise, this controller makes a 2-2 two, two white and blue to attack the creature I think this one's pretty decent in the fact that it's a 3-2 two for 2, right? So if you just need to play it on curve, at least it can attack for a little bit. But later in the game, it could be a removal spell. for a very problematic permanent in the matchup. Yeah, or it
1: can save one of your creatures for a yep. removal spell. It can let you reuse an ETP ability. So there's a lot of versatility in that ability, which I really like. I don't see the like rate and power level. Like sure. everything looks fine. It just feels like a card that is a little it costs bit short. Five
0: mana to do it is the big problem. yeah. Uh, like, it's going to take know, two turns usually to do that, not one. So,
1: you know, and that's it's sort of always been the issue with morph in constructed, and you know the, the other morph mechanics that you really don't want to be playing a 3-mana 2-2, and that's, like, yeah. more true than ever these days. Sure. So it's just hard to, like, put a bunch of them in your deck. You know, back in the day in Onslaught, really, like, very few morph creatures saw play. It was, like, you know, Exalted Angel and Blistering Fire Cat. So yeah. you basically, anytime anybody played a morph, you knew exactly what it was the time, mm-hmm. all the all the time. So it's always been more of a limited mechanic. Now, yeah. is this card really, really good in limited? yeah it's busted and limited. It, it does everything
0: all the uh, things yeah the uh the deck card ross believe it or not i'm actually kind of a fan of this one i don't know about too much constructed. maybe if the the angel decks came back i could see this one being pretty decent in some matchups i think this would be really cool for certain players in commander though all right so wojack investigator two and a white for two four angel detective it's got flying and vigilance and its ability is at the beginning of your upkeep Investigate once for each opponent who has more cards in hand than you. In a lot of your matchups, when you're playing angels, if you're curving, you're gonna have less hands than your less cards in your hand than your opponent, or you hope to at least. You know, you're playing the board. In commander, you're hoping for two or three, you know, clues every time. So if your deck does something with tokens or draws extra cards or whatever, this could be really busted for you. Uh just so we get, you know, the other side of magic, not just the competitive standard version. But I can see this card also possibly getting played somewhere because, again, it, it, it's a 2-4, so it, it passes the cut-down test. It's yeah. got flying, it's got vigilance, so it's going to be really good in the in the creature matchups. So, like, maybe that's the kind of matchup that you want it in, but you really need this ability to trigger at least once in your game for it to be really worth the investment. Yep. Yeah, probably more like twice. I mean, if you get it once, I'm, I'm pretty good with it. The problem is... is it eats itself, right? Like, you need less cards than your opponent, and you're giving yourself... So, like, you're probably just, like, don't crack your clue <laughs> in, in, in a lot of spots. You're,
1: yeah, you're, you're just like you, you can time back. that pretty pretty well. Yeah. I think you could play yeah. around
0: that aspect of it.
1: My issue with the card is that it's a three-mana creature that doesn't do anything unless you untap with it. Sure. And even if your opponent doesn't have a removal spell for it, they can blunt its effectiveness by just playing their own spells and being proactive. So... I'm not sure like where it fits. Like if if you play it in the control matchups, the mid range uh-huh. matchups, they're probably just going to kill it, and you're not going to get much value. If you play it in the aggro matchups, like you're probably not going to be able to trigger it because they are emptying their hand as well. It is a two four flying vigilance. That body is good in aggressive matchups, uh-huh. uh, but you know there's plenty of like reasonable defensive bodies. So I don't uh-huh. really see it with this card uh, in constructed,
0: um, but you know, well we'll see. Uh, I th- the first blue card that we talk about, is going to be just the first rare or is there something else you want to talk about before we got there?
1: I just want to mention one of my favorite commons that I've seen for limited sure. purposes and that's Benthic Criminologists. F- 4 and blue 4-5 when ETBs or attacks, you can sack an artifact if you do draw a card. So it just like lets you churn through all the clues because there's so much cloning going on and, you know, there are times when you just end up with like three or four clues and you just don't have the mana t- to sacrifice all of them reasonably sized body that just gives you a bit of extra mana really really cool i want to play Uh, blue clue heavy decks and just turn five criminologist
0: speaking of really cool there's a part of me that kind of likes there's a card called candlestick and you know it's set after clue and it it is a clue it's an equipment that is also a clue so you can say it's just really it's like it's like all the stuff that's like creatures that are also food
1: you know like it look up in the in the row above it to the
0: left Oh, the wrench. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. Oh, the, saying, the yeah, other yeah, clue
1: equipment. It's it's a yeah. cycle tannin.
0: Yeah, I, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah it's all. I, I think I think they're really cool for the flavor. Anyway, so um, the first card we're going to talk about here this is the first rare in blue. It's case of the ransacked lab. This one's pretty cool. It's two in a blue instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to play or one less to cast. To solve, you cast four more instants and sorcery spells in the same turn, and when it's solved, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, draw a card. So here's the thing. Very hard to use altogether, but this is a way to make your instance of sorceries cheaper. That cannot be used a removable spell yet. So you can't like kill your goblin electromancer or your what is it burl. You can't just like yeah. shoot your baral in some way, shape, or form. So this can get around some stuff. Uh, I think it's gonna be a little too clunky and like you're you're you know you're gonna be playing a bunch of cantrips anyway. So like why are you why you don't need this card? But when it goes off, this card is probably pretty bonkers.
1: Yeah, I have a few problems with this card. One that first ability, making your instants and sorceries cheaper by generic, has historically not played that well in decks that want to play a bunch of spells in one turn because yeah, they're playing, playing <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're playing one mana spells. Yeah, you know? so that you know are a single blue mana, so you're not really impacting the cost of your spells. So that actually doesn't go that well together. Like the, the one exception has been Modern Storm because they you know didn't have access to good rituals. That are so Brawl Electromancer were yeah. necessary to make Pyretic Ritual and Desperate Ritual playable. Um, And the other problem, I, I when I read this card, I immediately thought of Pyromancer Ascension. That was sort okay. of the, sure. you know, you play a bunch of spells, to t- you turn it on, and now you've got this incredible engine. Uh-huh. The issue is Pyromancer Ascension, I think, is both easier to turn on because you can do it in stages. You don't have to do it all in one turn. And I think the payoff is better. Drawing a card is worse than, like, effectively drawing a card that is immediately cast and for free. Uh, And I think you're just going to end up decking yourself a lot with Case of the Ransack Lab. Like, it doesn't actually, like, help you kill them the way Ascension eventually did with, like, you know, copying, like, lightning bolts and stuff. stuff
0: Five times, yeah.
1: Yeah, didn't give you extra bolts effectively. So Mm. uh, it feels like Pyromancer Ascension, but it does a lot less Mm -hmm. with uh, just the overall,
0: Mm. you know, makeup of the card. All right, Oof. next is my vote for possibly the most messed up card in the set because <laughs> this one can do some fucked up stuff. Uh, this is Conspiracy Unraveler. Five blue, blue for a flying six, six sphinx, sphinx Detective. Here's where the card gets messed up. You may collect evidence 10 rather than pay the mana cost for spells you cast. This card screams, Reanimate it, Ross. Just put me into play, like mill your deck somehow, give me to play for cheap. And then you start casting your graveyard like you can if you can somehow like mill your graveyard out right you know mill yourself for 10 15 cards you get this in your graveyard uh i assume you're gonna have like omniscience in your deck and stuff like that or enter the infinite those kind of cards so that it's almost like free you know you'd be like all yeah right, mill, put one of those into play you're gonna gristle brand in your deck whatever blah 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 so like you're gonna have all that so like there's a chance this card shows up in like some weird combo deck and like legacy or something
1: yeah it it. It takes a little more effort than some other reanimation targets, but I agree. There's some payoff here. You know, people have played Omniscience in Show and Tell decks. It's really, really powerful. Um, And the the question is like, how easy is it to put that many cards in your graveyard? Obviously, these reanimation style decks and a deck you know built around Unraveler, you're going to have a lot of expensive cards that you can you know mill. So it's not you know remember it's not collect evidence ten where you have to exile ten cards for each spell it's ten mana val- total mana value of cards So if you've got you know a gristle brand in there and then you know an exhum that's te- that gets you to ten you're there uh, yeah yeah
0: and uh, also it's blue don't forget that's that's a big thing yeah so, well, I, I agree that this
1: one's very intriguing as, as it's obviously like going to be used as a reanimation target it's not really you know viable in other yeah. modes I don't think. Especially yeah. like when you know we're already hard casting like a Traxa in, okay. in decks. index. Um, I don't think you're going to be hard casting this over it. But if you can set up a, a, a sort of self mill reanimator deck where you're trying to reanimate this on like turn four, and you've got a pretty stocked graveyard, hey. I'm, I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah, there's a few cards that work really well with it too. Um, what's the newer? It's like a, the new version of this card. It's like two and a blue, and either cards spell as they pay four, or you look at the top four cards of your library spell bundle or something along yeah, those lines sure. the, the new version of it well that one like whatever card you don't select of the four cards they go to your graveyard so like you can kind of slow roll it too and do it kind of at the end of their end of their turn the problem is if you do this your deck's going to be clunky as shit like that's the only thing so your deck needs to play out pretty well other than these cards so you know I think of cards like Thought Scour you know Mental Node and those kind of formats or anything like this where like you know the card has like it does stuff, but also lets you pitch cards. Like, uh, you know, anything like that's going to be pretty impactful. Uh, what is it? Careful Study? Is that the one where it's like one a, one blue, draw two, discard? discard two? Yeah. Yeah. Like cards like that are going to be pretty big. And stuff like that. So enough on that one. Um, someone Waste smarter than me is going to break this card. Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. There, there's
1: definitely power there. Uh, that, uh, you know, yep. casting free spells is good. Who knew? All
0: mm-hmm. right. Uh, next card seems like a uh, commander card to me. Uh, coveted Falcon, one blue, blue for a one-four flyer. Whenever it attacks, gain control of target permanent you own, but don't control. It's got disguise for one in the blue. It was turned face up. Target opponent gains control of any number of target permanents you control. Draw a card for each one you've gained this way. So it does play a little bit where you can be like, you know, you know you're gonna get to attack this turn limited. So like this is a very clunky way to draw a card. Or yeah. a couple cards Let you could be like here, you could have like a few of these things. I'm gonna get to attack, get this one back. And then like you might leave them with an extra land. Or like one thing that I could really see with doing this is you have a creature with like an arrest type effect on it, you know, some like an enchantment that stops it, but like it still yeah. is in play. You're like, okay, here, you can have it. It's yours now, and then eventually I'll get it back. But it like, you know, getting something extra. But yeah, it's one I think four. this is a really
1: cool card. Like it, it does yes. a lot of weird stuff, and I like cards like that but yeah. it doesn't strike me as something like really powerful because it just takes a lot of effort to set up. You know, just, just yes. imagine like, you know, it's pretty easy to draw the first card off of this. Mm-hmm. You, you you play face down on yes. turn three, next turn, you know, attack before blocks, you know, flip it face up because it's a flyer, give you one of the lands that I just tapped, uh, you know, uh, you can deal you one. Okay, I'll take that land back and I've drawn a card. So I've gotten a, you know, a one four flyer that drew a card for five mana spread over two turns and like that's not good enough but that's the part that's easy doing any more than that is kind (laughs) of difficult
0: i think it's going to be good and limited like i think it's going to be a a very fine guard limit yeah 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 oh especially like you know you could
1: like if the game goes long you just give them a couple extra lands you could give them you know like you said like against any like white deck you know you just give them a bunch of stuff that's uh, pacified and, and stuff like that, yeah. Um, you know, even just giving them like some of the weak creatures that you have lying around the battlefield for extra cards to dig towards a bomb or something can be really helpful. Um, yeah, I do think the card is a, a good limited card, but it, okay. it's, it's a cool card.
0: All right, next we have Cryptic Coat two and a blue for an equipment. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, cloak the top card of your library, then attach cryptic coat, coat to it. Uh, cloaking is uh, manifesting. It's manifesting. <laughs> <the card> <laughs> out, except it has the ward too.
1: Yeah, it's the disguise yeah. analog of manifest. Yeah, sure. Equipment yeah. M- creature m- gets plus one Mor- zero. Morph is, morph is to sure. disguise as a uh, manifest is to cloak. Sure. sure. K- kids uh, don't do analogies on the SAT these days, by the way, so they probably don't they even they know really what, what that
0: means. Yeah, I hated analogies. Anyway. Yeah, they took
1: analogies away like. 10 years ago.
0: I overthought every one of them. Anyway, equipped creature gets plus one, plus zero and can't be blocked. So not bad. And then you pay one of the blue and return it to return cryptic coat to its owner's hand. So, uh, very mana intensive, but like in limited, this card's pretty messed up.
1: I think this card is really good. Like, But on its, on its
0: face, it's a three mana,
1: three, two unblockable. That is very difficult to answer at rate. You know, you answer the artifact. I still have a two, two, you answer the creature, which also has Ward Two on it, so it's three by three, two Ward Two, unblockable. Yeah, and then you can
0: just keep you can just then keep then doing like, this more. Too. Eventually,
1: yeah. like I just keep returning it.
0: Yeah, um, this card's pretty good. Yeah, I I
1: think this card is yeah. really really good. It's one of my and it, it's <laughs>
0: it's it just seems awesome. Yeah, I'm slam first pick this and then yeah, this is why I make make yeah. sure.
1: Oh, I <laughs> think it will definitely make yeah. construct. This is honestly, this would be in my you know <laughs> top whatever list if we made a list...
0: Yeah, the speed of cards that might make constructed. I'm gonna talk about this one quite a bit. Uh, Curious inquiry is next. So one blue enchantment aura, Enchants a creature. Uh, when enchan- enchanted creature gets plus plus one and has when it deals combat damage to a player, investigate. So obviously, I think back to uh, what was the name of that card? Curious obsession and Curious curiosity. Obsession yeah, and curiosity. This is not that. No. Is the fact that you 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 have to invest more to draw the card. So those cards are infinitely better than this one. But, this is a version of that card. It could see play at some point in time. It does accrue value. If you can get any extra value out of the artifacts or tokens as well, or permits, that's another thing that you can do. But, there's a chance this one sees somewhere, because it still is a one-mana, quote-unquote, curiosity type thing.
1: Yeah, I, I do think it's very different. I think if this card <laughs> is going to be good, you need to be taking advantage of putting artifacts onto the battlefield, or like permanents mm-hmm. in some way. So, uh, rather than just using it as a card advantage engine, because it's too slow and mana inefficient for that. (laughs) But if you're taking advantage of that, if you're a deck that like wants to generate a bunch of artifacts and you have some good payoffs for that, then, then I could see it. The only question is then like, you're balancing like this and your payoffs and you need enough creatures with evasion and uh, then other artifacts. So it's hard to balance all of that in one deck. Yeah.
0: um you're gonna but, need flash threats for sure so you can like hold up the mana and yes yeah. and counter spells and stuff. So it's gonna it's, it's gonna it's gonna need to all work together really well to make this card as good as it possibly can yes be. Um, um i like the next card as well as uncommon so I, I like this one a lot myself i think this is one of the like sneaky best cards in the set aka like yeah. you might get played a lot i call this one so it's deduce but i call this one think twice at home yeah <laughs> So this is one of the blue, draw a card. It's better than Think Twice. Yeah, it is better than Think Twice. So it's one of the blue, draw a card, investigate. Uh, This just screams, uh, what do you call it to me? Um, uh, X red, red, red. Uh, Curiosity. uh, Uh, yeah, indomitable Uh, creativity. Indomitable creativity. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say thank you. This just screams creativity to me because it draws you a card for one of the blue. It allows you to fold up your other spells as well. Also, putting something into play for your for your uh yeah your I didn't even think about that but yeah it seems great in, in creativity decks. Yeah. Otherwise I think this card is just really good a lot of the decks especially if you, you need to charge through your deck uh it allows you to hold up something for the rest of the game as well. It gives you a permanent like there's so much to love about this card. Yeah.
1: People have tried playing the instant speed divination in like pioneer. Mm-hmm. So the idea of playing this card in standard does not phase me. People play to think twice in standard. Uh, you know, the last time it was in the format. One of my
0: favorite cards. One of yeah. my absolutely favorite. I've, I love
1: Think Twice. Oh, <laughs> fucking Waffletop. I kept playing the card in Modern. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, this card is better than Think Twice. I think it is... Uh, well, let, let's be fair. There are some builds where Think Twice would be better than this. Like, you have Thought Scour in your deck and stuff. anyway, sure. continue. Sure, uh, yeah. But let's, there's let's also not...
1: ways to take advantage of, of artifacts. So if you're sure. trying to, you know, if, if you can do that, then the, this card gets even better than just the straight two for one. So, Ugh. yeah, I just wanted to highlight that as a... You know, it's a very simple card. Only has four words of rules text. watsy uh, I'm not sure how this one snuck by. Okay. You know, there's a whole paragraph of
0: flavor text on it. Probably more flavor text than the rest of the set combined. I would, I would pay to have a version of this card that literally just had the four words. Kind of like... Remember with Lightning Angel originally, and then the when they, yeah. when they made Vigilance a keyword and Lightning was just three words? Like, it'd have it just in the middle of the text box, just draw a card, investigate, right in the middle of the text box. I would pay for that because it's yeah. so clean. And it's just, it looks so good to my eyes.
1: Yeah. Or like the, there was one version of Lightning Bolt when they reprinted it that just said deal three damage to target yeah. player. And then the, then the next year, they printed it with, you know, six Seven lines of flavor text.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. But
1: yeah, just wanted to highlight that one. That's an easy card to overlook but I, I think it's very playable. All
0: right, what do you think uh, you wanted to talk about uh, next?
1: So I got Forensic Gadgeteer. Great name. Oh, Tuna absolutely. 2-3, Vidalcan Artificer Detective. When you cast an artifact spell, investigate. Activated abilities of artifacts you control cost one less to activate. This effect can't reduce that cost to less than one mana. Seems pretty cool to me. We can start sacking our clues for one. Yeah, uh-huh we get to cast and we get to investigate a bunch like uh, generate a bunch of artifacts it's uh, unfortunately it is cut downable as a 2-3 if only it was a 2-4 uh, I don't know like what a cheap artifacts we can play this with like obviously there's bobble in modern I don't think you can play this card in modern especially because it's also multiple mm-hmm. um, so I really wish it was a 2-4 yeah um, but I'm, I'm intrigued i get you when you can generate just, a, like, a giant pile of artifacts, like, it's not that hard to figure out ways to to take advantage of them. Uh-huh. And th- this one lets you be able to do that, and then, like, sacking the clues for one mana, like, you start churning through your deck a lot, which then, it, it's sort of like Tireless Tracker. You start, you know, drawing, sacking the clues, and that uh-huh. finds you more lands, which gets you more clues, which gets you more lands, and this is the, this is the uh-huh. same thing. So, th- this feels like blue Tireless Tracker to me.
0: Oh, that's that's a, a lofty... It's uh, not
1: as good as Tireless Tracker, sure. but... It's the, the idea of it is similar. Yeah.
0: Did you have anything you wanted to do before we do Intrude on the Mind, which is one of my favorite cards in the set? No. Okay, so this one, I think this card's pretty messed up. Alright, so everybody at home, Intrude on the Mind. Three blue-blue instant. So five-minute instant. You reveal the top five cards of your library and separate them into two piles. And I put it, chooses one of those piles. Put that pile into your hand, and the other one into your graveyard. Create a zero-zero colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying then put a plus and plus one counter on it for each card put into the graveyard this way. So this is just Factor Fiction plus in a lot of ways. It well, does cost
1: five mana. It's, it's Steam Augury plus. Sure. They, yeah. They, which is a big deal. Uh, if this was just Factor Fiction plus, <laughs> like it's messed up. Um, but it's ste- it, does
0: cost, it does cost five. It's also in a single color, which is, which is yeah. Big.
1: Now, Steam Augury was not particularly playable he, um, he, he
0: got played, <laughs> but it wasn't yes. particularly playable. People tried to, <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, but I as it turns out, like giving your opponent the choice of what cards you get is a big deal. <laughs> um, now, you could say, oh, you get to choose the pile, so you know, for this card, the ideal is I'll put the best card the in one pile with the two worst cards, and then the second and third best cards in the other pile. And you can either give me a 3 for 1 with the best card of the 5 and a 3-3, three, three, or a 2-2, two, two, or you can give me the second and third best cards plus a 3-3 three, three flyer. And the, the Thopter really, like, that kicker of value makes, I think, makes a difference. So I also like this card. I think it is quite quite powerful. <laughs> um, I don't know how long Memory Deluge stays in Standard. Is that even in Standard still?
0: Yeah, it's still a Standard, I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
1: uh, and they changed the rotation. I'm not sure how long it stays in. I, That's I can't the card tell it sort of competes sure. with yeah and i don't know if it's better than deluge deluge is really good that's good that's a good point so that's the only problem to me so i hope it gets some time in standard without deluge where you we can see it shine because i i doubt it beats deluge which is currently like outshining dick through time in in pioneers so just tells you how good the card is uh but i do think this card is good it is it is not it is enough better than steam augury to be playable
0: Alright, next we've got Lost in the Maze. Uh, this is X Blue Blue for an enchantment with Flash. When Lost in the Maze enters the battlefield, tap X target creatures, put a stun counter on these for each... Put a stun counter on each of these creatures you don't control. Uh, tap creatures you control have Hexproof. So this is a really interesting card in the fact that, like, you can clear the way for you to attack a bunch, you can put stun counters on your opponent's up to kind of, like, get in multiple attacks, but it also could be used as, like, a pseudo-counterspell as well. I don't know if this ever makes it into constructed because there's a lot of things that need to go right in it to be good, but Discord is messed up and limited. Yes.
1: And, you know, just casting it for, like, two mana to protect your attacking creature, right, is, kinda, yeah. is cool. Um, and, obviously, like, later in the game, you know, being able to frost breath, or, you know, and stun three or four different creatures at once can be a, a huge swing, so... I like this in uh, those kinds of decks, like a, a sort of aggressive blue decks, which I've played a lot of in my years in competitive Magic. So, um, but it, typically those decks need to be very mana efficient, and this isn't really that kind of card. It's pretty mana inefficient for what it does. So that's what really worries me about it. But it is a card that is incredibly versatile. Does a lot of different things, like you said, you know, protect your stuff or force through your attackers. So it, it has a you know very clear kind of strategy that it fits into. And it does a lot of good things for that strategy. But the, the big question is mana efficiency. Which one do you want to do next here? Um, yeah, don't really care about those next two commons and run commons. We got Prof's Eidetic Memory. Hey, hey. One of the blue legendary enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. You have no maximum hand size. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you've drawn more than one card this turn, put X plus one plus one counters on target creature you control, where X is the number of cards you've drawn this turn, minus one. Interesting card. So by itself, you know, when you play it, you'll get at least one counter on a creature. But there is some tension because in order to, you know, maximize it, you need to play a bunch of spells of draw cards, but you also need to have creatures to put counters on.
0: Decent with clues as well.
1: Yes, it's good with clues. But is that, like, good enough where you're, like, sacking a clue and putting one counter on a creature? Probably not. Um, I don't think it's powerful enough for constructed. Probably a very good limited card. Where yes. like, do the one counter does matter, and you're going to have a mix of clues and draw spells and creatures. Like, it, it strikes me as a very, very good limited card. It also just comes at a very low opportunity cost as a cantrip. Um, but I don't think it's a constructed card. But um, it's 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 another uh, it's another like interesting one. It does a lot of very different stuff. It's a, it's a card that doesn't have much of a like a previous comparison. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't see this being, you know, going into your like Phoenix deck because sure. it, you also can't like play a bunch of spells, return Arclight Phoenix, and then put a bunch of counters on it Sure, because they both trigger at the beginning of combat and eidetic memory has to have a count, uh, a target when the ability goes on the stack, Yeah, which is before the Phoenix uh, is on the battlefield. If that worked, then it would be kind of cool. You know, if yep. you could just like attack for six with your Arclight Phoenix. Sure.
0: Be uh, before before we get to the next one, I want to talk about this one card just for a second. So this card called Reasonable Doubt. It's one of the blue. It's an instant. It says counter target spell. controller pace two. It's su- suspect up to one target creature. A suspected creature has menace and can't block. Okay, I'm not saying this card is going to be like great constructed or anything. This will be decent and limited. I just want to talk about suspect for a second. It says you can suspect up to one target creature. It doesn't say creature you control. So like there's something to be said in limited in this format, there's going to be games that are won by suspecting your opponent's creatures. Yeah. To where you get to like, they're going to be like, they're going to leave back there like 5-5, five, five, right? Attack you. So something you're going to be like, okay, suspect that piece of shit. <laughs> like, that guy did it. It's going to be like, a, what's the name of that game everybody was playing during the pandemic? Uh, uh, among Us? Yeah, it's going to be an Among Us where that guy did it. So <laughs> Sus- suspect that guy. And then, it, you know, or, that person did it just a ton. Yeah, it,
1: it does not surprise me at all that the suspect mechanic emerged in a set that was designed probably in twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, next we got reenact the crime. One, bl- it's, it's Cryptic the command mana. One blue 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 instant. Exile target non land card from in a graveyard that was put there from anywhere this turn. Copy it. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. This is asking a lot, but this card could be very powerful.
1: Yeah, as in, you know. Sort of Snapcaster Mage for any any spell any creature, um, but it had to have been put there this turn. That, yeah, that, that yeah. like that's the awkward part because it's already costing you four mana, so it's more like a like a six mana spell. Yeah, because ideally you want to be putting something like Emercall the Aeon's Torn into your graveyard and copying that, or you know some big uh, uh, giant threat like the what was the the seven drop that lets you omniscience things. Conspiracy unraveler, sure. um So yeah, I think that's a problem, and probably makes this card unplayable. To be honest, like it's just too hard to set up, and then at that point too slow. So you probably have to pair it with a bunch of, uh, you know, like looters that you play earlier, and then you loot the card into the graveyard. But then you have to untap with the looter, which are generally pretty fragile, and your opponent like, kind of sees what's going on. um So yeah, I'm not a fan of this card. I think they just kind of. Ruined all potential it had by adding that clause. And like, you could say, like yeah, it'd be too good without it, but then at that point, you just have a design that doesn't work. Like, <laughs> there's got to be a, a medium between the two that you find.
0: Sure. Next one, pretty cool card. I kind of like this one. Uh, Steam Core Scholar. Two in a blue. Uh, creature weird detective. Two, two. Uh, flying Vigilance. Whenever it enters the battlefield, draw two cards, then discard two cards unless you discard an instant or sorcery card or a creature with flying. So, uh, it's like Compulsive Research type effect. It's like a Champion 2, of two fly.
1: Sure. It's Part like of the of A ton Witz of constructive play. play. Yeah.
0: It's a very different era of magic than when Champion of Wits was around. It matters, do we have stuff that we want to go in the graveyard? Yeah. Do we have value from doing something on the graveyard? It's pretty good if you have, like, collect the evidence in your deck in some way, shape, or form, or if you have flashback or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, flying in vigilance is pretty decent, but it is just a 2-2. Two, two. For for three, which is like it's not going to rumble very well in constructive formats. Like it's not going to trade very often. It's not going to beat down your opponent very often. But this could be a very good. Oh, I'm going to beat down my opponents with it. Sure, like you you will, but you like (laughs) to play long, unnecessarily long games. uh, (laughs) Two. This does jump off the page a little bit when you read it. Yeah, two, two. Yeah, (laughs) take two. What what are you at? Sixteen? Cool. Go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All evens. Yeah. I I I think this card's very good. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. You're a believer. Um, you know, the the flying aspect of it, I think, is really important because you, you sort of get to actualize the body of the card, actualize it as a creature. So, you know, without that, it's more just like a, a three-mana Sift. You just draw two, discard one, you know, with some conditions on it. Um, but here you're, like, getting a, a real body that can attack Planeswalkers, attack your opponent, uh, it's like you know, your opponent's never gonna want to use a removal spell on it. Uh, <laughs> and uh it, it goes perfectly well into like, blue aggressive decks that tend to have a bunch of flyers and some instance and sorceries to interact with the opponent. Um so yeah, I it's one of
0: my favorite cards in the set. Nice. This would be one that you like. What did you want to talk about next? Is there any blue card left or did you want to move on to the black cards? Um Yeah, I think we're good I think we're good with blue. Okay, cool. Uh, with black, I think the first one is this uh, barbed servitor uh, rare, right? Yeah. This, and this one does some. This one has a, some homages to an, another card. So it's three to black for a one-one artifact construct. It's indestructible. When it enters the battlefield, suspect it. So it has menace and it can't block. Uh, whenever a barbed servitor deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card and you lose one life. And then if it's dealt damage, target opponent loses that much life. So that's the thing is this one can't block like some of the versions could back in the day of uh there was like a it's, red card that did this uh, like the
1: word, stuffy doll is the one that i always remember there's
0: stuffy doll and there's a red card that does it too because yeah. the red card could like fight for like two in a red or whatever it was a one one and be like yeah I'll fight this thing or whatever um this one's pretty interesting now i i can't see this happening construct so much so much mana for like just to do anything these cards are very generally very annoying and limited though and can be like game warping
1: yeah, I imagine the card would be very good and limited. I do not see it in constructed. I, I think not being able to block is a really big deal. These cards are are typically very defensive. You know, this one obviously is like, you know, built to be more aggressive, but I just don't think this style of card works as an aggressive card uh and being just a 4 mana 1/1 one, one that you like, you have to tap out for this card on turn 4 and if you're behind at all, it's tough to do that. So, it's really a card that you can only play when you're ahead, and I don't like cards that are four or more mana that, you know, have that condition on them.
0: Did you want to talk about any of the cards before Case of the Sash Skeleton? Uh, no. Alright. Case of the Sash Skeleton, one of the black. When this enters the battlefield, create a 2-1 black skeleton creature token and suspect it. To solve this, this is a case, obviously, to solve this, you control No Suspected Skeletons. That's a really random sentence <laughs> to say. <laughs> and then huh. solve one of the blacks, sacrifice this case, search your library for a card, put it in your hand, then shuffle, activate all its sorcery. So this one makes a 2-1 menace creature that can't block for two mana. And then if that creature is ever gone at the end of your turn, you get this thing that just allows you to demonic tutor at sorcery speed. Yeah. That's just a- pretty powerful, Ross. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Um, the card's very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. kind of like the 2-1 menace is like nice too that this is this is the such a great card for aggressive decks because you're going to be able to play you know it, it's not just about getting value uh now for for aggressive decks like well, you know, uh-huh. we've mentioned this earlier in the show the mid range and control decks have just such strong light games you, you can't just card advantage them and stay with them in that sense you basically have to like attack them early you know and if they're you know obviously if they're unable to stop those early waves you're going to win that's plan a But once they stop those early waves, you usually have, like, some sort of reach or some sort of haymaker to try to close a game that your early aggression wasn't able to do so. And this card lets you find whatever that element of your deck is. You know, if you need a key burn spell, you can find it. If you need your, like, big dragon or giant, like, demon thing to, like, you know, come down, you just got, like, one big flyer in your deck, and you just slam it and hope they don't have an answer for it for a turn, like, that, you know, you can just play one copy of it. And your four copies of Case of the Stash Skeleton will eventually find it. Um, I think this card's really cool and, and
0: another one of my favorites in the set. Speaking so of favorites in the set, I kind of like this next one. Deadly Cover-Up. Uh, three black, black sorcery. As an additional cost to this spell, you may collect Evidence 6. Destroy all creatures. If Evidence was collected, exile a card from an opponent's graveyard. Then search its owner's graveyard hand and the library for any number of the cards with the same name as the exiled card the player shuffles then draws a card for each card exiled from their hand this way. So it's every form of, ext- it's like the extraction effect that we see nowadays, except yeah. that this is a five mana sweeper, which we've seen be good enough in Standard, where if you get to collect evidence six on this, you get to kind of like neuter their deck of a specific target. So in Constructed, against the right decks, this can be very powerful. Like think about casting against Amalia and you're just like, all right, take that card. I uh, just don't have this card in your deck anymore on card yeah. five, so this card can do some messed up stuff.
1: Yeah, and it's still just a solid, you know, five mana wrath. So uh, those kind of extraction effects have always been looked down upon, not because they have no utility, but because the utility is not worth a card. <laughs> and this is one of the this is one of the first times we've seen that effect stapled onto another you know another card. They're usually standalone kind of effects. I can't recall another case of it being, you know, at least stapled onto a card this powerful. So you're playing this card as a wrath, but you know, getting there that extraction a... and the and the information, you know, you you get to look at their hand. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's
0: never anything like just like
1: this. One yeah. Now. So uh, another quality quality wrath. Now that said, how difficult is it going to be to cast this on five consistently when you have to collect evidence six? Uh, oh no, it's May. Okay. Yeah, it's, I made, I, it, it's still I a five mana when wrath. You were reading the card. Still,
0: yeah, it's still a five mana wrath, but you may yeah. collect evidence six. Oh, okay. So you get to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Perfect. Card's great. Yeah, no, no problems. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no notes. No <laughs> <Yeah>. notes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that, that part kind of annoys me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I kind of like this next card too. This is definitely a Ross type card. Homicide Investigator. One can of the blacks. We, can, we, uh, can we stop at uh, sure.
1: Extract a Confession? It's another In, good collect evidence spell.
0: Okay, sure. Uh, one of the black Sorcery. An additional cost to this, you may collect evidence six. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. um If evidence is collected, instead each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power or creatures they control. See, I'm going to slightly disagree with you here in the fact that a, it's a sorcery, and b, I think for this card to be remotely playable, you have to collect evidence six because you have Sheholder edict in the format right now, which is a yeah. much better card, and I will die on this hill that it's a much better card than this. The only reason this one is well playable is because of the collect evidence six. And I don't think those cards are particularly playable in Standard right now because of the fact that most of the decks that have creatures just play, like, one ones for 1 or one twos for 1. You know, like they play, like, the, what is it, the, the Flying Man that makes a, ma- a map, Siren or yeah. whatever, Storm Tame or whatever. Sure. So I'm not a big, I'm not a huge, huge fan of Edicts in Standard right now.
1: Yeah, I, if it, it doesn't fit the current metagame, that's fine. Like, that happens to all removal spells. Yeah. Like,
0: you know, the, the, yeah, you, of course, you, yeah. you need the right, in the right metagame.
1: But yeah. I, I do think this is an interesting one because typically that early edict effect you know is probably fine on turn 2 sure and then later in the game getting the more crackling doom style effect you know because you can collect evidence more easily later in the game you know means that it maintains its relevance a bit longer the the big problem and you brought this up is it's a sorcery so yeah. it's just so bad when you you're on when you're on the on the play uh-huh. you, you know you want to be able to answer their two drop but you can't really on the play with this card so that might keep it from ever seeing play uh, and that that's a pretty big strike against it. I think they could have made this an instant pretty easily, but um, I do like the the way they're using collect evidence as a as a sort of kicker.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like just what's the joke? Every every uh, ability is just kicker or flashback or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next was the one we're talking about: homicide investigator. One of the black for two two human detective. Whatever one or more non-token creatures you control die. Investigate. This only happens once per turn. What? Yeah. Um, if you have a deck where you're like. It was obviously great in, in limited. I don't know if it'll be good enough constructed because the fact that it's investigating you have to put a lot more mana into it. But if you have something to do with those tokens besides that, there's there's a lot to to like here. Yeah, there's a pretty
1: heavy like artifact sacrifice theme in this set. We'll see that in the next episode when we get to the red cards, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like this with cat oven and those artifact sacrifice payoffs could do something really cool
0: because, yeah, absolutely.
1: you know, only trigger once each turn, you can trigger it with the cat but you know, on their turn and then trigger it with something else on your turn start generating a lot of clues I also really like that this doesn't say another, a lot mm-hmm. of these kinds of effects have said another creature so the fact that it's, it counts itself, this makes it much better as a standard aggressive creature if you want to play it that way uh, and I like having that option
0: yeah, absolutely, uh Next, we have a, a little bit of a throwback card here. This is an homage to uh, some Ravnica cards back in the day. We've got Hunted uh, Bone Brute. Two and a black for a Skeleton Beast. It's a 6-2 with Menace. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent creates two 1-1 one, one white dog creature tokens. And then whenever Hunted Bone Brute dies, each opponent loses three life. It also is Disguise for one and a black. So, yeah. so you can you play can it face down turn three, yeah.
1: then flip it up, and they don't get their tokens. Yeah. And 6-2 Menace which is pretty big. Okay. Two toughness is probably just like not good enough. I will take this moment to say that I played a lot of Hunted Dragon at M's back when that card was in standard. I built my my Gruul deck and I ramped into Hunted Dragon and then the next turn I would cast Wildfire and kill your three knights and leave my 6-6. That was my combo. It was great. Yeah. Okay. Seems like a lot of work for enough.
0: Anyway. Illicit <laughs> Masquerade is three you, to black. You have to for try a... hard to get a six six flyer in two thousand five, ten and that's very fair. That is very fair. <laughs> Illicit masquerade is three to black for an enchantment. It's got flash. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, put an imposter counter on each creature you control. Whenever creature you control was an imposter counter it dies, exile it, return its... return up to one other target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh this is this is a lot, Ross. Uh, it's a lot of ways to try to reanimate something.
1: Oh Yeah, it's an awkward one because you, yes, you have to, like, yeah. get creatures onto the battlefield and get creatures into your graveyard in, like, a somewhat even ratio and then land this four-mana enchantment. So I don't really see it working out. I think there's too many, like, timing restrictions to make it really work. The fact that it, like, you know, it's a really bad top deck after they sweep you is a problem because it's supposed to be your, like, anti-sweeper card, you know, as opposed to something like Collective Company or, like, a You know, I keep thinking of Patriarch's bidding, but I want a more modern example. Uh, Return the ranks, you know, cards like that. It's it's supposed to be in that ilk, but it like requires you to get it down at exactly the right time. Like Flash kind of helps you with that, but I don't think it helps you enough.
0: Yep. Uh, What's the next one you wanted to talk about? I think the removal spell is coming up, right? Yeah. Long goodbye. Okay. So one of my votes for the best card in the set. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah. Because like, I think this card is good. I think it's like really good. Yeah, like it, I say It's five that, removal spell. What, uh, maybe the best card of the set is uh, yeah. overdoing it. I think it's going to be one of the most impactful cards that you're going to see quite a bit, depend, just depending on the thing or two. So Long Dubai is one of the black instant. This spell can't be countered. Destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. So this is the best two mana removal spell we've had in standard for quite a while that hits like everything you'd want to in the first three turns. This is also one of the only removal spells that can kill... Uh, what's the three-drop in Esper? Uh, Rafine? Rafine on the draw. Like, because ward doesn't matter if your spell can't... Like, yeah. You can literally they, point it out... The, they, they put it like, in ward. the reminder text just yeah. to make sure people know yes. this, this. This includes, includes the, 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 ward the ward ability. Ward ability. Yeah. yeah. So you so, just kill that and then all the other cards that are played for one, two, or three mana. Yeah. And so. obviously,
1: like, excellent and limited to be able to just kill your opponent's face-down creature on the draw yep. and, and steal the initiative that way. So uh, we'll probably be one of the better uncommons in the set for that reason. Yeah. As a premium removal spell, yeah, I kind of, I kind of forgot about how prevalent like this set is going to make ward, and R- with Rafine already super prevalent in standard, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think I underrated the the power of this card.
0: Yeah, it's it, it just it, it fills a thing like a hole that was there that needed to be filled because like yeah, you have Shoulder's Edict, right, which is a way to kill Rafine on turn two, but like what if they played any other creature on turn one or two? Like you probably just lost if you have Edict right? Yeah. like, now they're going to start conniving a million times on you every turn for the rest of the game, and so, like, you're not going to keep up. Um, next one, a little, another homage to an older card. This is one of the mythics, and this one's really cool. It's really, like, an ability we haven't seen in a very long time, Ross. So, Massacre Girl, Known Killer, 2 Black Black, 4-4, four, four, Legendary Creature, Human Assassin. It's got Menace. Creatures you control have Wither. Now, for people at home, uh, they deal damage to a creature in the form of minus one, minus one counters. So, it's kind of, like, Infect as well. Um, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, if its toughness was less than one, draw a card. So it means anything that's been withered to death. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be able to it, draw a card off and die.
1: Even if a creature takes lethal damage, like say Master Girl blocked a, a 3-3, right, for whatever reason. Uh-huh. That creature gets four minus one minus, minus one minus one counters. Then state-based actions see that it has zero or less toughness, and then it goes to the it goes to the graveyard as a result. So when it goes to the graveyard, it is a creature that had toughness less than one, and you know it would trigger the massacre girl. So uh, it, it's it's not just creatures that you like got to one. You know, like you're trying to get a Pokemon down in HP before you throw a ball at it. You know, you, you can kill it in one fell swoop, and whether you know the way Wither works will uh, will take care of the massacre girl clause. So cool card. Weird to me that they decided to put the keyword on it because there have been, and I can't, I've been trying to think of one since you were talking about the card of an example of a car that basically uses a previous keyword from a different set that they just wrote out in, in the long form because they didn't want to add another keyword. And mm-hmm. it always annoyed me when they did that. Um, and I hope this is, represents a break from that policy and they will just like, you know, be cool adding a, a keyword and putting reminder text on it because you know if it, it's going to have that keyword it might as well like it's going to have that effect it might as well have the keyword like if that's why you have keywords that's why yep. they exist so like <laughs> if anything it makes it less like they always made some argument about like not wanting to overcomplicate the set with more keywords but like mm-hmm. it's one card like that doesn't add that much extra complication.
0: Uh, I want to talk about the card directly after this one for like literally three seconds. They printed yeah. murder in a set.
1: Yeah, it's murder at Carl of Manor. Of course, yeah. they had to put murder in the set. Yeah.
0: That just was probably it's... the first card in the file. I and just wanted like, that to be known, Ross. I wanted <laughs> yeah. one. The they're record. like, okay,
1: we're doing a murder mystery set. And everyone's like, okay, murder is in it, right? And they're like, yeah, yep. they just, yeah, they just like, okay, yeah. one they down. <laughs> yeah, when
0: they, when they see the slots for all the cards that was just filled. they're like, what's that? They're like, oh, that's the spot for murder. It's, it's yeah. Set. yeah. They're
1: like, that one's in. Okay. All right.
0: I feel like we get a card like this every year. And I'm always wondering if it's going to get played or not. This next one, outrageous Robbery. It's an instant. It's X black black. There's usually a blue effect, but we'll see. Uh, target opponent exiles the top X cards of their library face down. You may look at and play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. If you cast a spell this way, you may spend mana as were mana is any type to cast it. Here's the thing. This one can do lands, which is sweet. And then, you know, late game, if you pay like seven for this whatever you get five cards if you get like a good spell it's pretty good or whatever it draws a bunch of cards uh, i'm not sure like i think you can do better on draw spells because usually this will be paired with like a blue deck it, just, it depends on the kind of deck it's like. If, like you're like you just need this kind of effect then this is what it is these always don't pan out in the history of magic that we've seen in the past so like i'm not sure if this one will or not but it seems powerful yeah, it's like, like you I'm know, not sure. I'm not sure, Ross. I'm very unsure on this card because sometimes I think it's great, sometimes I think it's bad. So, like, how good would
1: is is mindspring? That's an instant, right? It, it it's a lot like that. Yeah, but it does it leads to like weird stuff happening. It's just, yeah, it's just mind sp- instant mindspring, but weird.
0: <laughs> and, and the fact that it's an instant is like yeah. the only oh, yeah. reason if I, it was I think a it's sorcery, clear. unplayable.
1: Yeah, but instant. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested. Also, like, do people try to put this card into, like, coffers in Modern? I mean, I
0: can see, like, playing one or two, maybe. Yeah, right? it's,
1: you're not going to play a ton, but like, it's kind of cool to cast it for, like, eight. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs>
0: All right, anyway. so, i so... Is, like, I mean, like, is it? Yeah, is, is it? I don't know. <laughs> it might be, but it, <laughs> I need to play with the card. It's obviously great limited, because, like... Yeah. Not only is it, like, a card draw spell, but, like, it does, like, mill your opponent, too. So, limited, you're, like, do this for six or seven. They're, like, oh, shit, I'm out of cards, you know, kind of thing. And you just drew a million cards, so. uh, It's another one on the interesting list. Sure. What was the next one you wanted to talk about? Was it just Um, all the way down to the mythic, or was there another card?
1: No, the rest of it's fine. Okay. Toxin analysis is a cool trick for limited, but.
0: Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Like, (laughs) yeah, we saw with, uh.
1: In um the the crappy set I had to draft at a pro tour. Phyrexia. Yeah. all will be one.
0: Yeah, uh, you the uh, worst limited set we've had in quite a while, yeah. In my opinion. And it, it had
1: but it had like multiple tricks that cantripped and they were mm-hmm. really, really, really good. It made yeah. the set super aggressive. Like toxin analysis is another trick that can't kind of cantrips, like mm-hmm. investigates and it does it cheaply. So I know I'm a fan. It will be very good.
0: All right, the next one is uh, Vane Ripper, three black, black, black for a vampire assassin. This is a mythic. It's a six five of flying. Its ward is sacrifice a creature. I want to be clear here. This is a very impactful ward because you have to be able to pay that cost. You can't just be like, yeah. well, I don't have a creature. No, 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 no. You have to sacrifice a creature to get through the ward. And then it says, whenever a creature dies, target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So it's symmetrical to whenever any creature dies. And there's no once a turn BS with this. This is whenever a creature dies. You're drained for two. Very powerful card on rate. Or also like, like, I'm sorry, not rate, but like on the card itself. Very powerful text. Yeah. It is a six drop that is a six five flyer. So if this is, I don't think you want this so like the sacrifice decks because you generally don't get the six mana. Yeah. It's too expensive for
1: those decks, which is yeah. kind of the problem. Like maybe there's a standard version that tops out at this card.
0: Uh, six obvious. just feels like
1: it feels like one too many. If this was like yeah. a five mana, five four. I would like it a lot more.
0: Yeah, obvious limited bomb, like limited oh, yeah. bomb. Like you're gonna play this and attack with like four creatures here, but it's just gonna be dead. They're gonna be like, well, I, like, <laughs> I they're just gonna be like, what am I supposed to do? You know, like one of those damage if you do, damage if you don't. But, um, I do think it does some busts. Itself. This is a this is probably a really cool card for commander. It's going to straight up just kill the game when you like there's gonna be a lot of games that, like I'm sure someone's gonna make a deck where when they cast this, multiple people are gonna die immediately yeah. or someone's dead and there's gonna be some negotiations going on but yeah this one i think the cost is a little prohibitive the fact that it's triple black is a big thing as well it's gonna be hard to play this in more than a two color deck and then uh like you said like you don't really want this in the deck that whatever but it's still just a good creature on rate i just can't see this making constructed i do like that it is a mythic though because i don't want this showing up in limited all the time so I think that's one of the reasons this is all this is a mythic.
1: Yeah, this is a necessary mythic otherwise we'd be a like the uh glory bringer problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, like there's always a card in every set. Uh I've actually talked to some of the like the people who do uh card design at Wizards. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to say any names here or anything but I actually talked to them about this about the um because you know the new the new change that's coming to the the play packs. Like you know, you don't have set boost you don't have set boosters and draft boosters anymore. You have play packs or whatever. So now yeah. you can get more rares in a pack than whatever. It's whatever they were talking about that. Cause uh like I heard about this a little bit early before it happened because they were asking our opinion on like how this changes things, et cetera, et cetera. I won't go too in depth in that because, you know, like I'm not supposed to talk about this stuff before it comes out. So I'm not gonna talk about it much after. But one of the things I talked about is you know, do, I asked, like, do you worry about, uh, wh- wh- what was the card in the last set, the triplets or whatever, the green, green, green card that made the bunch of three threes and when they die, like, they get bigger and bigger, you know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah. The, there's always a rare in every set that has a huge win percentage that when you cast it, the game just ends, right, There's a, there's a rare in every set, but also that rare is generally not playable in Constructed. right and this one fits that bill for me this is a card that when you cast it most games are going to end just because you cannot survive this card you're not gonna be able to kill it very well and then they're gonna be able to attack the turn they play it and you're probably just so far behind that you can never recover from this this card probably i'm saying probably they're just yet won't make constructed either and i brought that up and they were like yeah we we don't like that it happens every now and then but we they had some name for it they're like it's like the danger zone in between where it's too good for limited but not good for constructed and they're like yeah, yeah we don't love that happening but it, there's like i always talk about how hard it is to do that job because like how do you you can't fix that because if you change this card one way or the other like you're saying oh i'd like it to be like a 5-4 and be a 5-drop like that's probably too good you yeah know what I, I mean? i'm like,
1: evaluating for constructive play and, and, yeah you know it's yeah it's very difficult especially for the like the
0: rares and mythics to evaluate to try to balance both and i do not envy having to do this because like oh no have you ever seen the files afterwards of cards like how how many changes it goes through it goes through like 30 and it's like we took away flying. We added minutes. We took away minutes. We added flying back. We made it a six five instead of a five four. Like, well, you know, like they just keep changing it until they, they get it right. Yeah. And like, and, and
1: they don't get you know a, a month of tournament data each yeah. time they make a change. You know. Yeah. They, they play for a few hours. Yeah. You know, like with a handful of people, and yeah, and, and then they've just got to make a judgment call. So it's yeah. a lot of, it's a lot of you know like like testing for a magic tournament, but yeah. they just don't have anywhere close to the. Uh, the input data that we have. It's like testing for a Magic Tournament in 1987.
0: Yeah. Really, really good point. Exactly. So, I think that's going to be it for the review from today. Look, I'm going to say this. Overall, this set, uh, does not look like a great chase set? Like, either there's not a ton of mythics in it that are going to be, like, huge money, like, blah, 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 that. Uh, there's this this set that has none of the extra cards in it, does it? Like, the, you know, I'm talking about, like, the, the cool extra slot does it like it has um, it has its own cards in the extra slot because it has them as like the case cards canon you know i have no idea okay sure <laughs> well i'm just saying this this set isn't going to be the kind of set where like you're going to want to bust packs and boxes trying to get the chase card or the yeah. couple chase cards right i like the look of this set overall like it looks like it's gonna be fun for limited and decently impactful and standard and which is cool because standard is like actually kind of great right now and there's a lot of positivity with standard yeah. so looking forward to that and we we sort of like because the the
1: season, the RCQ season started in the early this year, we're sort of just starting to see a real metagame calcify and take shape. And mm-hmm. that's usually when people start to sour on the format. You know, they've lost to the same deck too many times, they start to get yep. annoyed, you know, their pet decks didn't really work out, the metagame is narrowing, and now we're infusing the format with a, another set of cards and there's all the you know, there's always more optimism and fun trying out new stuff. So we get like a, you know sort of two different uh, standard formats that aren't like that different, uh, but it keeps it things fresh for that much longer. So I expect the honeymoon with with standard will last for at least a few more months.
0: Mm-hmm. Modern used to be best friend, standard now best friend. No, no longer <laughs> yeah. friends with modern. Yeah, exactly, kind of thing. No. So the, the only yeah. problem
1: is that it, we have to acquire all the cards. <laughs>
0: yeah. In fact, uh, so I I'm like slowly building a cube. That I don't know if i have ever. It's like you with your computer. I don't know if I'm ever going to actually finish yeah. it. And then, um, like you were streaming, but I have started playing it. Do you remember that format that I made up like a year or two ago? The modern singleton format. Um no. Okay, you don't remember this. So I, I made mean, this yes. format. <laughs> okay, so uh, I play it with my friends. Like I have like a couple decks built of it, and like we're just sitting around, nothing to do. I just like you know open my bag and like grab one. You know, there's just a couple deck boxes, and we would play. So what the format is is um it's modern singleton. It's a hundred card decks. Uh and we use the banned and restricted list, or the ban list for Modern, except it's changed. So like, half of it is legal. So like, yeah. uh, DRS is legal, Faithless Loot is, Looting is legal, you know, Blazing Shoal is legal. The cards that are okay as like one-ups in your deck are completely legal. Fury is fine, you know, but uh, cards like, uh, like example, Pod, Twin, uh, Grave Troll, those cards are not okay. Cause A, they're busted, and B, they, they like homogenize games. Like when you buy yeah. that card, the game, or, like, KCI. And then your deck just becomes about, oh, I'm going to play all these, like, I'm going to play, like, Fabricate and, like, all these cards to, like, find KCI and then yeah. do the thing. Right. I'm like, that's not the point of the format. It's not fun. Also, I recently made a change to it. You know, when I talked about it in the past, I made a change to it where we banned the fetch lands, too, which is, like, actually made it really fun. So, like, your mana bases are, like, wild now. Like, you can't just do whatever you want. Yeah. Because, like, for a while ago, I'm making a rule of, like, the color identity rule, almost like, Commander, where, like, If you're playing a three color deck, you can only have three fetches. Like your fetches have to be, you know, within your, your color wheel, but then like, then you can get around that and be like, I have one black green card in my deck or whatever when I'm playing, you know, uh, you know, like I'm playing blue, black or whatever, but you just play like one green card. You're like, now I just get infinite more fetches, right? Yeah. And stuff. So like, there's, you know what I mean? Like I just didn't want the format to get too ham fisted. And so I'm going to probably bring a few decks with me to Denver when I'm going for the RC. And, you know, have them with me to, like, play and stuff. And I'm constantly, like, acquiring new cards for it. Because, like, you know, you get updates. And, like, I need cards out of this. And I have been aghast at, A, the, the availability of trying to find cards. Like, Shoulders Edict just does not exist in real life. Like, you have to order them <laughs> online. B, the price of cards. Because in my mind, I'm still, like, old, right? So, like, it's Uncommon. I'm like, look, if it's a good Uncommon, I'm used to playing 2 or $3 for it. That's fine. Yeah. But, like, I went to get, like, rares for my deck. And like all the Restless lands, I was like, oh, I'm expecting to pay like, you know, five or eight dollars. It's like a good rare land. There's like a buck, right? They're just super cheap. So I'm like, this is great. But then I go to get like a random rare for my deck that I'm like, oh, this can't be that much, right? Like what was the fairy that we talked about earlier? Fairy Uh, Mastermind. Yeah. Fairy Mastermind. Like I want one Fairy Mastermind for like my Jeskai deck that's like got this like flashing. $10, please. Yeah. It's just like 15 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember I was playing with my friend and I played the model red mythic two drop that like you can take kicker you know, the two no, the two and a three, the mythic one that you could pay two oh, and a uh, Blood two Thirsty and red. Oh, Adversary? Yeah, the, the one that you could pay two and a red and like flashes back a card yeah. and you could do this. Bloodthirsty Adversary. Yeah, and so like I played it and my version was like, yeah, that's like a $30 card right now. I was like, wait, what? I was like, I think I bought this for a dollar. You know, like, and I remember being like, yeah, this is a lot for this card because like, you know what I mean? So the price of Stater cards is wild right now. And then uh, God forbid you need a holder for your deck because I, yeah. I randomly have one. And they're just like $80 or whatever. I think and they're more. like not even played in half the decks that can cast it. So uh standard is an interesting uh spot right now, but I will say this. I've been played in the arena, pretty gas. Uh I I've been so I'm not super big on the format, but if I had to play it tomorrow, or like if I had to play it right now, because like you know, we just had RCs uh a couple weeks ago, I would have played the Bant uh Toxic deck. I'm said in fact again, the bant toxic deck. But if I had to like play something right now, I would probably play like the blue black deck without Shieldrin, yeah. where it has Fairy Mastermind, Trickster, yeah. and a bunch of the other. There's stuff. like
1: Demir and Azorius flash decks. So I would definitely yeah.
0: just play both of those, figure out
1: which one I like yeah. more, and play that. Well,
0: the Demir deck, I felt like you have a a better. Or I don't know if it's better, but I felt like you had a pretty good matchup against Domain, and then you can just like game versus everything else. Yeah, uh,
1: Bat and Cut Down are like pretty irreplaceable effects. Yeah, so I would I would definitely think that Demir is better. Yeah. Uh, but I tried them really, really good. Sick.
0: And then you just like randomly have this like robust flash game that you can play yeah. with like a bunch of card images. If you're looking for a list, the one that I liked, I haven't done any updating on it, but when I was playing, what I liked is uh, it, I was on their podcast recently, CCR, uh, one at RC with one recently. And I really liked his list and like all his reasoning behind all his cards. The thing about him is he puts in the time and oh, has yeah. a good reason for everything. Like I've I've actually been watching him stream quite a bit lately and I watched him play through like a league and then a challenge with the deck. And like just hearing him talk through his plays and like why he does certain things some some turns, I'm like, A, man, I'm washed. <laughs> you know, like I learned a lot. But B, like this deck's just great, has a lot of and it like it's the kind of deck that I like where it's less straightforward. There's nothing wrong with the super straightforward decks, but like decks like Jund and um Domain, I get really bored with them because like I'm just trying to do the same thing every turn for every every for the rest of the game. But this deck, you have a lot of choices to make over the you know, the few early turns of the game and then it, as the mid game goes on and you kind of juke and jive and position yourself. So I like I like that deck a lot right now. Yeah.
1: Very tactical gameplay. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a big fan.
0: I would as soon as I saw that deck, I was like, this is the one for me. Yeah. If when we found out that the, the mentor deck that wasn't actually that great, because that deck jumped off the page at me. Oh Lord, yeah. I got I got hot thinking about that <laughs> one. Ross also I like, was fanning ourselves. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we, haven't seen, we were <laughs> you can't see we, we that were deck. swooning for a second. Yeah. I literally went to my collection I was like, Do I sell mentors? And I do. like it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Um, but anyway I think that's gonna be it for this week's episode we're like really long for this episode so hopefully the next one we get just as long going over what is it red green artifacts multicolored and those sweet sweet new dual lands that we got so thanks for listening this week everybody and we'll see y'all as soon as possible hopefully Ross doesn't die between now and the next episode or, or get really sick so we can get another one out as soon as possible no promises Stan. <laughs> you're an old man so we'll, we'll, we'll find out all right thanks for listening everybody Actually, we're, we're talking about we're talking about standard today I gotta crack a cold one hold on <laughs> <laughs> yeah hope Bert puts that in the show <laughs> all right um so we're just gonna be talking about uh murders at our Korlov Manor I always yes. want say the I always want to say it um Markov. I'm, I'm very much like what Emma puts on Twitter all the time she's like it's this not this it's this this so <laughs> yeah. like, I'm very much like she is at this set so all right uh you want me to the, just go ahead and start the show the only time, hold on, yeah, the sure. only
1: time something like that happened to me was while Luris was around, and I had to write about it all the time. Every time I would type Lurus on Google Docs, it would just autocorrect a lupus. Like, it's,
0: it's never rush. lupus. It's never lupus. <laughs> <Yeah>. Never lupus. <laughs> a, there's an episode where it is lupus, by the way, there, which is there hilarious. There is Because he definitely says it, like, there's one where, like, you know, they can't figure it out. It's, like, late in the show. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, hail Mary time, guys. Anything. He's like, I promise I won't call you stupid. And we're like, blah, blah, blah. It's always like lupus. He's like, dude, it's never lupus. He just looks at him <laughs> it like it's just like a funny joke in the show. Because, oh, it was a running gag for like five years, and so then yeah, in like season six or seven, it's yeah, it's one of the last seasons where it is actually lupus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I've watched that show in pretty much its entirety two or three times. But I think I told you this the way that I watch it now, uh, I probably skip at least ten to fifteen minutes of every episode because you can just skip all the procedural shit in the <laughs> surgery stuff because like it doesn't actually matter and I just want the storyline because yeah. the character development is really done well in that show considering that um I would have loved to have seen a house in today's world where it's like a streaming show more because streaming shows are just better because like they don't they're not as formulaic because anything that's on cable television has to usually follow a formula and yeah. it gets very repetitive very fast. So the ones that stick out are very good. Also it there's a rule about this in my head any of the episodes that don't follow the formula or the highest variance episodes are either by far the worst episodes or by far the best episodes yeah like the best episode of house is probably the the season one one where there's yeah they find out about house it, it's called three stories yeah so there's three episodes of that show that are considered the best episodes and they all have like i think they're all like 9.5 or higher in imdb it's that one and then the two last episodes of it I think it's season three or four it's when it's the story of Wilson and his girlfriend
1: that, that season four f- season four
0: yeah I think it's the end of season four because it's it's called Wilson's head and Wilson's heart yeah and something like that. And they it's, were like, it's the
1: season where he does the game show after he fires the, the original three it's yes.
0: when so 13 four, yeah. and all the other people yeah. 13's a great character and by Talib the way and Talb and, yeah, and Talbia yeah. and, and so uh <laughs> yeah because uh that's one of the episodes oh, yeah. where they start to bend reality on you and they do that for like a couple seasons because like she comes back the next season and she's not real and like every episode with that i fucking love watching house lose his mind it's amazing and it's uh but yeah you can
1: definitely skip all the procedural stuff it's person comes in with a weird case house is like oh it's this they treat them for that they get worse they're like oh wait no it's probably this they look like they're getting better then Mm -hmm. they get a lot worse yeah and then house has some epiphany and figures out what it is